Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Well, hello and welcome to worship. If we've not met before, my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. Good to be with you. Uh, We're starting a new sermon series today, but before we jump into it, uh, our scripture comes from Luke chapter 11, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 4, and it says this, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So Jesus told them, When you pray, say, Father, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom. Give us the bread that we need for today. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who has wronged us. And don't lead us into temptation. Uh, This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, uh, I mentioned this in a a sermon um, a couple months ago, I think, but uh, back in 2014, the Pew Research Center did this big national survey where they were trying to discern religious trends within our society. Uh, And one of the things that they found was that most Americans pray on a regular basis. Uh, Most American adults, they found, reported that, uh, in fact, over 50% of American adults say that they pray on a daily basis, And about 75% of American adults say they pray at least once a month. Now, I don't know if that's surprising to you, but when I first heard those statistics, I was very surprised that that many people are praying that much of the time. And here's one reason I was so surprised. Um, Obviously, I'm a pastor, and so I spend a whole lot of time in church meetings, all different kinds of church meetings, small group meetings, Bible studies, uh, finance committee meetings, personnel committee meetings, on and on and on. And in most church meetings, at some point, uh, whoever's leading will say something along the lines of, okay who would like to open us in prayer or who would like to close us in prayer and then what happens if you've been in any church meetings you know what happens right this awkward silence falls over the group and everybody gets really still and really quiet everybody tries to become invisible so they don't get called on because nobody wants to pray and then eventually uh, the silence gets so awkward that the pastor will jump in and say okay i will pray and then everybody else breathes a a deep sigh of relief Uh, so since i experienced that dynamic so frequently uh, i was very surprised to know that so many people are praying on uh, such a regular basis because in a church meeting so few people uh, are willing to pray now why is that well, how do we explain the discrepancy? We, we could say, oh, well, you know, people are afraid of public speaking, and, and so that's why they don't want to pray uh, out loud. But the problem is most people are pretty comfortable speaking out in other parts of the church meetings that I'm in, at least. Uh, it's just that when it comes time to pray, everybody suddenly gets all shy and, and quiet. So here's my theory uh, about this. Uh, I think that even though most of us pray on a regular basis, nevertheless, if we're honest, uh, most of us would also say we're not 100% sure that we're doing it right, that, that we're not totally confident 
that the way that we do pray is the way that we're supposed to pray. And so part of what makes praying in front of other people a little scary is that we don't want other people to find out that we're not exactly sure what we're doing. Now, I could be way off with this theory, and maybe this doesn't apply to you. You may be perfectly confident in how you pray, and if that's you, that's awesome. Uh, that, that really is great. But if this does resonate with you, if you're the kind of person that, that thinks, yeah, I don't know if I'm doing it right, if you're the kind of person who has questions about prayer, if you're the kind of person who thinks, isn't there supposed to be more to prayer than, than the way I'm doing it? Um, if any of that is you, I want you to know that you are actually in really good company. Because as it turns out, Jesus' own closest first disciples were in that very same place. That place of uncertainty about prayer and, and how to do it. That's exactly where we find the disciples when we meet them here in Luke uh, 11 in this, this passage that I read a moment ago. So I want us to, to spend a few minutes looking at this passage so that we can see what the disciples learned about prayer and so that we can see what we can learn about prayer as well. So to kind of set the stage here, uh, at this point in the story, the disciples have been following Jesus for about two years, uh, plus or minus, as best we can tell. And in their time of following Jesus, the disciples have noticed that Jesus has this peculiar habit, that Jesus was just like constantly praying. Sometimes he would pray in front of them, but oftentimes Jesus would go off by himself. He would go off for a few hours. Uh, he would go off all night. In some cases, he would go off for days at a time just to pray. And I think over time, all of this started to make the disciples a little uncomfortable because they got to thinking, you know, I mean, I pray, but, but I don't pray quite like that. You know, I talk to God, but, but I don't talk to God the, the way that Jesus seems to be talking to, to God. And after a while, I think the disciples got to talking about this amongst themselves. And they're like, you know, Peter, do you pray like that? I don't, I don't pray like that. Like, what is Jesus doing in prayer? Uh, what is he saying in his prayers? Whatever it is, it's, it's different than what we're doing. So the disciples were wondering about this. But at the same time, kind of like many of us, I think they were uh, a little nervous about admitting that they weren't 100% sure how to pray. So they were a little reluctant to ask Jesus uh, about this. Well, all of this sort of kind of builds up, right? And then one day, this is kind of where our story picks up for today. One day, uh, Jesus comes back from one of these extended prayer times. He's meeting up with the disciples. And at this point, uh, one of the disciples just can't hold it in any longer. And it's kind of funny. We don't know which disciple it was. Apparently, he wanted to remain anonymous in the, in the story. But he finally blurts out what all the disciples were thinking and what many of us have found ourselves thinking as well. He says, look, Jesus, uh, this is not easy to admit. Uh, and I know that we've been following you for like two years now, and maybe we should already know the answer to this. But, but Jesus, we've been talking, and, and honestly, uh, we're not 100% sure that when we pray that we're doing it exactly right. We're definitely not doing it the way that we see you doing it. So, so Jesus, could you just teach us? Could you teach us how to pray? Could you teach us how to pray? Well, what does Jesus say? In response to that? Does he wag his finger at them? Does he shame them or embarrass them or scold them? No, not at all. Uh, of course not. In fact, it was like Jesus was just waiting on somebody to ask him this very question. And in response, uh, what Jesus does is he actually gives the disciples and he gives us this very specific prayer that we can pray. 
And we now know this prayer as the Lord's Prayer. If you're coming to us, uh, if you're coming from a, a Catholic background, um, you may know this as the Our Father. And in this prayer, it's it's very important to us as Christians, not just because Jesus gave it to us and told us pray this, um, but this prayer functions on two different levels. On the one hand, this is a prayer that Jesus means for us to learn by heart. This is a prayer that Jesus means for us to, to practice praying verbatim. But on another level, this prayer also works as kind of like a, a template. It's sort of a, a guide that we can use to, to sort of model and, and structure uh, our own prayers in, in our own words. And since the Lord's Prayer is, is so important, since it's so foundational for us as Christians uh, in, in terms of how we think about and how we approach prayer, uh, we're actually going to take this, this sermon series, this six-week series, and we're going to work through the Lord's Prayer together line by line. And for each line, we're going to think together about what it means, what it means for our lives, but more specifically, we're going to think together about what does this mean for prayer? What is Jesus trying to teach us here about how to pray. Now, as we go through this uh, series, I want to encourage you, uh, don't just passively sit back and listen to these sermons, but I want you to actively participate. I want you to practice praying the Lord's Prayer. You know, we are now in this season called Lent. It's a church season. It's about 40 days. It leads us up to Easter. This year, Easter is on April 17th. Uh, so in this season of Lent, while we're working through this sermon series, while we're gearing up spiritually for Easter, my specific challenge for you is I want to challenge you to pray the Lord's Prayer at least once a day, every day, between now and Easter. It's like 40-ish days, a little less actually. Uh, pray the Lord's Prayer at least once a day, every day. Now I know as I say that, there's some of you who are like, no, uh, Daniel, I I'm out. This is not for me. That's too much. I, I just, I'm not going to do this. Uh, you can do this. You can do this. And here's why. Some of you may be thinking, well, look, Daniel, I don't even know the words to the Lord's Prayer. So how would I, how would I do this? Well, we got you covered. Uh, if you look at the video description, if you look at the podcast description, we've put the words to the Lord's Prayer there. So take a screenshot of that, uh, copy and paste it somewhere where, where you have access to it. There are the words. We've got you covered. Uh, you may be thinking, look, Daniel, I'm busy. You know, I don't have time to, to pray the Lord's Prayer every single day. Uh, I hear that, but I actually timed it this week. Uh, with the stopwatch on my phone, and you can pray the Lord's Prayer in less than 30 seconds. I mean, I would encourage you to slow down and, and spend a little bit longer with it, but you can do it in less than 30 seconds. And I don't care how busy you are, you can find 30 seconds once a day to pray the Lord's Prayer. Uh, you may be thinking, well, okay, Daniel, but, but I'm going to forget. How in the world am I going to remember to pray the Lord's Prayer every single day? Uh, I'm sure that you can find a way. You can set a reminder uh, on your phone. You can put it on your calendar. Uh, you can print off the Lord's Prayer and tape it somewhere or put it somewhere where you'll see it and remember to pray it. Uh, there's no reason not uh, to do this. And I promise you, if you embrace this, if you pray the Lord's Prayer at least once a day between now and Easter, it's going to transform your prayer life. And it's going to begin to impact other areas of your life as well. And at the very least, if you ever get called upon to, to pray in public, if you know these words by heart, you will always have something to say. And if anybody is critical that you're just saying the Lord's Prayer, they can take it up with Jesus because uh, this is how Jesus told us to pray, right? Uh, so pray the Lord's Prayer once a day, every day, between now and April 17th, which is Easter. 
Well, with the time that we have left, um, I want to uh, get into the, the Lord's Prayer uh, a bit and start unpacking it. Um, we're going to look at the, the first line of the prayer here in a second. Uh, but first, uh, I want to say a little something about the wording of the Lord's Prayer because there may be some confusion uh, around this, and I just want to try to uh, offer some, some clarity uh, about the, the wording of the Lord's Prayer. So we actually get the Lord's Prayer in two different places in the Bible. Jesus teaches this uh, to his disciples here in Luke 11, as we heard earlier. But Jesus also teaches the Lord's Prayer to the disciples in a passage in Matthew chapter 6. And those two versions of the Lord's Prayer that, that Jesus gives us, they are very, very similar, but the wording of those two differs slightly. And so the, the version of the Lord's Prayer that most of us Christians have learned to pray is actually kind of a blend of those two versions. Uh, plus, at a certain point in church history, uh, Christians added what's called a doxology to the end of the Lord's Prayer that many of us have uh, learned. We'll talk about that more in a few weeks. You don't have to worry about that right now. But uh, the reason I, I mention this is to say that when you open up Scripture and you read the Lord's Prayer there, the, the wording may differ slightly from the version of the Lord's Prayer that, that you've learned, um, but it's the same prayer. And another thing is that uh, many of us who like grew up in church, if you learned the Lord's Prayer by heart, the version of it that you probably memorized is the King James Version, which is why it kind of sounds like Shakespeare or, or something like that. And of course, when we open our Bibles today, most of us are probably not reading King James. We're reading a more modern translation. So that also accounts for some of the differences in wording that we may notice. But for our purposes, the, the bottom line here is that it's all the same prayer. It's all the same prayer. Okay, having said that, uh, let's take a look. Let's turn our attention to the first line of the Lord's Prayer, the first couple lines, depending on how you, how you divide it. As we begin to pray, Jesus teaches us to say, Our Father in heaven, or our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What does that mean? What is Jesus trying to teach us by starting the prayer this way? Uh, well, first, actually, let me just quickly cover two things that Jesus is not teaching us here. Because I know that uh, for, for some of you, th this word Father for God, uh, th this word Father may raise some concerns. So when Jesus teaches us to call God Father here, uh, we should be clear that Jesus is not teaching us that God is male. Uh, Jesus is not teaching us that God is masculine. Uh, God is beyond gender. And there's a whole lot more I could say about God and gender and the names for God and all the implications. That's a sermon for uh, a different day. Uh, but it's important for us to, to know that uh, when we call God Father, we're not ascribing gender to God. You know, God is transcendent. And so our, our human finite language uh, about God is, uh, is always going to be limited. And we, we have to resort to, to metaphors when we speak of God. And here, uh, Jesus is teaching us to use the metaphor of uh, a parent. Um, that, le that leads me to the second thing that Jesus is not teaching us here that I want to clarify. Uh, Jesus is not saying that when we think about God first, we should think about our own parents with all of their flaws and failures and shortcomings, and then imagine that God is like an eternal version of that. I mean, some of us may have had horrible parents. Uh, we may have an awful relationship with our parents, and Jesus certainly doesn't want us to think about God like that. So instead, Jesus is saying, no, 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 don't, don't start by thinking about your parents. Uh, Jesus is saying, start by imagining a perfect parent. 
And I don't care how good your parents were. I had great parents. I'm very blessed in that. But none of our parents are perfect, right? So Jesus is saying, don't start by thinking about your parents. Think about a perfect parent. And think about the way that a perfect parent would love their child, right? Well, that, that is how God loves us. That is how God relates to us. And that's what we're getting at when we address God as our Father, so if that's a couple of things that Jesus is, is not uh, teaching us, what is Jesus teaching us in this first line of the Lord's Prayer? Well, uh, I want us to notice that when we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, uh, that has nothing to do with us, right? And it has everything to do with God. So, so why does that matter? Well, um, hang with me for a second here. So a couple years ago, uh, I read this leadership book, this business book that's called Start With Why. It's a, a, a book by a guy named Simon Sinek. Maybe some of you uh, know the book or, or know Simon Sinek. Um, uh, the, the book basically makes the case that the best leaders and the best organizations are ones who uh, don't get so focused on what they do that they forget to focus on why they do what they do. The, the book argues that um, the, the organizations and the leaders that focus on the, the why, they're able to, to continue to find inspiration and they're able to attract like-minded people to, to get involved with their mission, to get involved with their, their cause, whatever that may be. It's a great book, very interesting. I would, I would recommend it uh, to you. Um, but the reason I bring this up is because it occurs to me that many of us, when we pray, we follow this same advice. When we go to God in prayer, we tend to start with why, right? We, we just kind of, but before anything else, we, we just kind of jump into the, the, the reasons why we're praying, that the concerns, the needs, the, the feelings that prompted us to pray. Uh, so our prayers can, can sound something like this. Uh, Dear God, uh, help me with this, right? Or, or, or Lord, uh, please take care of that. Uh, or, or God, uh, be with him, be with her. Uh, instantly, we're, we're talking about why we're praying, that the thing that prompted us to pray. And that makes sense. And it's not all bad. But in the, in the opening line of the, the Lord's prayer, Jesus is teaching us a better way. Jesus is teaching us at the beginning of the Lord's prayer that it's actually better when we pray not to start with why, but instead to start with who. To start with who. In, in other words, uh, before we get into all the reasons why we're praying, we need to slow down a little bit and we need to remember who it is that we're praying to. We need to acknowledge who it is that we're praying to, to, to take a second to reflect on what we know about this God that we're addressing, that we're talking to. Uh, why is this important? Well, one reason it's important is because as we acknowledge who God is at the beginning of our prayers, uh, that begins to, to reframe our why. It begins to reframe whatever that concern is that's prompting us to, to pray so that we can begin to see that concern in the light of who God is. And this can be so helpful. I'll give you a couple of uh, examples. So let's say that I'm uh, going through my life and, and I wind up in a situation that is really hard and that leaves me feeling worthless. And so suddenly I'm, I'm struggling with feelings of worthlessness. And, and as I struggle with that, I go to God in prayer. Now I could start with why, right? So I could say, Lord, help me with these feelings of worthlessness. Or, or I could slow down a little bit and I could start with who? I could say, our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And if I do that by starting with who, I kind of get this reminder that I have a heavenly father, right? That I have this, this heavenly father who created me. I have this heavenly father who, who loves me perfectly, who loves me unconditionally. I have this heavenly father who is like a, a perfect parent for me. And so in acknowledging that already, before I've even said a word about myself, before I've even said a word about what it is that I'm concerned about, already my whole uh, feelings, my, my whole situation is beginning to be reframed. Because if that's who God is, then already I can start to see that I'm not worthless no matter what situation I'm in. I'm not worthless no matter what the, the circumstances of my life might be trying to tell me. Here's another example. Let's say that uh, I'm facing a lot of fear in my life, that I just have a lot of fear about this situation that I'm in, or I have a lot of fear about how the future is going to unfold in a certain area of my life. And so in, the, in this time of fear, I go to God in prayer. Well, I could start with why, and I could say, Lord, help me with these feelings uh, of fear. Or, or I could slow down a little bit, and I could start with who? I could say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And if I do that by starting with who, I, I get this reminder that this is God the Father that I'm talking to. That this is the same God who raised Jesus from the dead. That this is the same God who promises one day to raise me from the dead. This is the same God who has promised me that nothing in life and nothing even in death could ever separate me from God's Love. This is God the Father. And so already in this prayer, before I've even said a word about myself, before I've said a word about the fear that I'm facing, already my fears begin to be reframed because if that's who God is, what can my situation do to me? Uh, what, what can this circumstance do to me? What can the future do to me? Well, well nothing that God can't overcome and nothing that God won't overcome. See how it gets reframed in that way? I could go on and on with, with other examples of this, but the point is Jesus is teaching us to slow down in our prayers and to start with who. And this is counterintuitive for us. This is different, I know, from, from the way that we typically pray. But when we do this, it has the power to, to reframe whatever it is that's on our heart in the light of who God is. And that can be so, so helpful. Uh, well, there's so much more that we could say, even just about this first line of the, the Lord's Prayer. But I'll stop there uh, for, for now. Uh, remember, my challenge for you this week is to go ahead and begin praying the Lord's Prayer at least once a day, uh, every day. And this week in particular, as you're doing that, really focus in on this opening line. Really focus on starting with who. And as you do that, uh, just see, just see if that doesn't begin to reframe whatever it is that you're carrying in your heart or whatever it is that you're carrying in your mind. As we close in prayer here, I would invite us to, to say the Lord's Prayer out loud together. As I mentioned earlier, the, the words to the prayer are in the video description or in the podcast uh, description for you here. Uh, obviously, if you're driving, please do not look at your phone. Uh, but otherwise, uh, let's, let's all pray the Lord's Prayer out loud uh, together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks again uh, for tuning in today, friends. Be sure to check out the video description, not only for the words of the Lord's Prayer, but also for uh, links to announcements, a, a giving link, other, other uh, helpful resources. And I hope you have a great week. May the peace of Christ be with you. Listeners, this free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website, as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.